Welcome everyone. It is a new day. And with that, my name is Audrey. I'm going solo today. Michelle is not with us, but all is well. So we just want to say welcome to our returning audience. Welcome to any first time guests we may have. And we are so glad you have chosen to join us as we explore about the Firefield Generation, the FFG. So, in our last month, we discussed what is a Firefield Generation. And for this month, we're looking at who is the Firefield Generation. So before we start getting into that, I'm welcoming the presence of the Holy Spirit. Father God, we thank you for yet another day and for life. We thank you that you have chosen us before the foundations of the earth. You have called us by name. You know us, where we live, whatever continent we may be on, even now. And we pray, oh God, that you will rekindle the fire that you have started in us. Last week we spoke about it only takes a spark to get a fire going. We ask, O oh God, that you touch us and breathe afresh in us, Holy Spirit of God. Breathe fresh life into us. Can these dry bones live? We surrender every dry bone to you right now. And we say, yes, nothing is impossible with you. So we are grateful for life. We are grateful that you have chosen us. We are grateful that we are a part of the remnant that is called the fire-filled generation. And with that, we say thank you, O God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for what you have done on the cross for us and for what you are about to do in our lives and through us. In the mighty name of Jesus, the Messiah. And we say amen. Once again, thank you for joining us. And as we explore, what? Who is the Firefield Generation? Hmm. The Firefield Generation, it's you, it's me, it's us. It doesn't matter where we're from, it doesn't matter our status, it doesn't matter if we have. A great big bank account or we don't it doesn't matter if we're so educated that we have university degrees or we don't it doesn't matter if we're young or old it doesn't matter so today we're gonna read a part of the devotional that exemplifies what I just said and it reads this is day six week six and day 16 of this devotional And it reads, my name is Evan, and I have always been a believer in Jesus and was raised as a Christian. I have always been active in the church as a regular lay person, but I didn't know that God was able to still perform signs and miracles. A mentor came into my life who was younger than me and told me that God had a purpose for me. I was skeptical because I'm well into my 70s and I thought I was doing 
what I was supposed to by serving in missions ministry. Hmm. The first thing that jumps out at us is that he is Evan, and these are fictional stories, but they're closely related to um, Bible stories. In this case, we're thinking of Elijah and Elisha. And even though we have said um, here that Evan is 70 and a young missionary came to him, it was actually the other way around. Elijah was older than Elisha. However, we have young people who are on fire for God. And sometimes we need that spark to get us going. So we have to read um, 2 Kings chapter 2 and chapter 7. And we're going to ask that you spend some time before the Holy Spirit. And you get into chapter 2 of 2 Kings just to see at that point when Elijah was taken up in the whirlwind and Elisha asked him for the double portion because he was serving Elijah. Elisha was serving Elijah for quite some time because the whole story went like this. I'll say it in a little bit. Uh, Elijah after being uh, threatened by Jezebel, yes, he was threatened by Jezebel after he did this, that great performance on Mount Carmel. And um, he ran to a cave. And God spoke to him in that cave and gave him specific instructions what he needed to do. So part of that instructions was he was to find Elisha and he was to anoint him to be his successor. So in doing so, Elijah found him in the field, Elisha in the field. He was plowing and he threw his mantle on him and the mantle really represented uh, the anointing, but in those days, it's, um, they used a cloak, and they once you saw that cloak, it was evident that that person was like was a prophet. So he understood by what he did, Elijah did, but he left everything behind. And he followed Elijah. He served Elijah. So Elijah became Elisha's mentor. And he followed him closely. So even when he was about to leave and he requested the double portion because he had seen the miracles and the signs and the wonders that Elijah had done. And he said, you know, my master, I, um, I would really love a double portion of what you have. And he said to him, if you see when I'm taken away, you may have it. So he recognized that he had to watch him very intently. And that's something that we have to understand that when we're serving, we need to watch intently. We have to be one-on-one with our mentor. And it is so strange in this day and age because I think sometimes there's a lot of questions as to who our mentor really is. 
because not many fathers, as Paul said, are, are here. Very few fathers in the gospel really wants to teach the next person, the next generation. It's like there's a separation in these days. And I may step out and say, but there's a separation. You know, it's like there's a selfish spirit that's creeping in into the body of Christ. It's what I know and you need to find out. And I'm not saying we are not to find out, but we should be close enough to learn from our mentors to reinforce what we have learned. And sometimes jealousy can get into the game. Case in point, we see the story of Saul with King David. Saul was very jealous of David and it caused David to be running and running and hiding because of that spirit. And we don't want that spirit in this fire-filled generation. We want to be able to teach others so that they can go and mentor others and it becomes all for the glory of God. We're in one kingdom, the kingdom of God, and we're here to serve him and to serve him well and to let others know that Jesus Christ is Lord, he is Savior, he's Master, and he wants each and every one of us to do the will that the will of God that he has sent us in the earth to do. We must complete our assignment. We must complete our assignment in the earth. That's why we're here. And if we're listening to this broadcast, whenever we're listening, I implore you, we are here on an assignment from the king. We're here for such a time as this. It could be five years from now and you're listening to this broadcast. We're here on assignment for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the mighty God of Israel. Do not let our age become a factor for us not to be doing. It is a plan and a scheme and a scam of the enemy to tell us that we're too old or we're too young. When are we right? He, Timothy had that issue and Paul had to say to him, no, you're not too young. Don't, do not let anyone tell you about you being too young. As a matter of fact, I heard a pastor said some time ago, there's no junior Holy Spirit. So we are, as long as we're willing vessels, ready to do our assignment, God has empowered us to do the will of the Father. And we must carry out that mandate, not waiting until we're older or saying, I'm too old to carry on. Caleb said, give me my mountain. He was 75 years old. He didn't ask for a plain place. He wanted the mountain. He wanted to go take the mountain because it was promised to him. Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt. He wasn't 25. He was so much older. He was probably in his 80s, if I'm not mistaken. Abraham and his son when he was, what, 100 years old. So age isn't, shouldn't be a factor. When we read the word of God, we see 
age is not, it's just a number. That's what my grandmother used to say. It's a number. Let us get out of that thinking that I'm too old to do something for God. He's looking for willing vessels that are ready, that he can equip and that he will send mentors because when the student is ready, the teacher will show up. That's what my pastor always says. When the student is ready, the teacher will show up. So let us get to that place where we're willing and we're ready to carry out the assignment God has given us. And we'll not look at age as a factor, but we as a fire-filled generation will be on fire, no matter what age we are, to do the will of God. And I'm going to stop right here today. And we'll pick up. And I just want us to think, is age the barrier that's holding us back? Could it be that we're saying we're too young? We're immature in the things of God? And yes, we can be immature in the things of God. However, if we allow the Holy Spirit of God to direct us and teach us, and if we surrender our lives totally to Him, He will do wonders through us. So let's pray about that. Let's seek His face. Let's stay in our prayer closet in our quiet time and see what is holding us back from being the person that God has called us to be in this season. Is it our age, our young age, or our old age? And let's get on fire. Let's surrender our age to the Holy Spirit and get on fire to do the things of God. And with that, I say, Shalom. Shalom, shalom. Have a blessed one. God bless.